This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey, everybody, welcome to the World Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Jason Inman. Jason, thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me, my friend. And then um, I'm going to also make you tell the story. Uh, everyone might not know this, but if you've looked at the cool thumbnail of oh, thank you. this podcast, uh, we got to tell the secret origin of this because I think it's talented. I think it's 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 full of lots of interesting things. So, Sal, you have to reveal the secret behind this burning DC logo. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, oh. if you're listening to this on audio, the audio version later, I'm sorry. Right. Well, the, that's all the more reason to go to youtubecom slash pop and like and subscribe. Uh, that's right. But if you, uh, yeah, if you if you check out our our very um, what's it called, uh, uh, inflammatory uh, thumbnail, mm-hmm. I went with I wanted to go with something that was shocking and eye catching and. Uh, so I, I had this visual of like a DC comic, like kind of burning to ash. And, uh, and I was like, well, you know, and I I actually went with a couple of, well, ultimately the, 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 the point of it is it doesn't exist. Like no one has, Mm -hmm. um, for all the rhetoric out there, people being like, DC is dead and on fire. Uh, nobody has like any great graphic imagery to like depict that. And so mm-hmm. uh, I had to make one myself. I, cra- I grabbed a stock image of a burning book, superimposed a picture of the current DC Comics logo over it, um, give it a kind of multiply layer so it looks like it's part of the book, and then, you know, and the rest is history, So such that it is. Yeah. Um, we but were I, joking yeah. uh, also off air if, the, if for DC fandom, everyone out there, if they're going to turn the DC logo into the bloody... Superman, uh, you know Superman logo because it's the it's this is being called the DC bloodbath right now. Right, it makes perfect sense. I think it's a great idea. You graphic designers out there, Tiffany, my wife, I'm looking at you, uh, making oh. the DC Comics logo into the Superman like death. You guys of, should like, just put that on Comic Pop. That, we really should have done that. Put that on today. That's get such today. a good idea. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll but, buy one. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I will. Be like, I will buy it for that? myself. Seriously, that's yeah. a good one. Oh, that's um, a good idea. Before we get too far into this, because yes. everyone can tell we're obviously the title of the show, the mass layoffs at DC Comics. Yep. We should just say that we are going to be talking about a lot of abstract things. And I know a lot of people there. I have a lot of friends at DC. You do too as well, Sal. It's true. Um, that we first off realize that a lot of people lost their jobs yeah. and they have now been thrown into a very stressful environment of course with the current pandemic going on yep. i mean and this also wasn't dc it was across warner brothers hbo had layoffs warner brothers had layoffs um so i just we want to throw out our sympathies to them first absolutely and 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 throw out to everybody that basically we're going to be talking about like the businessy things not Everything we say today is not towards any of the people that were sorry to lose their jobs. Agreed. Uh, we take no delight in anyone yes. losing their jobs, uh, particularly those who, you know, just were trying to make comics and give yeah. people something to escape from the the uncertainty and the insanity that's going on out there today. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, truly sorry to hear people losing their jobs. And it's it, no, it's never a good thing. It's never good news. Uh, even, you know, economically speaking, it's just, it yeah. sucks for everybody. Um, we, one, one of the things I want to mention, and this is, this is I, I made sure to tweet about this last night. Um, a lot of people don't realize that this basically means that DC Direct 
is now shuttered. And I was talking with a friend of mine on the phone last night about this. And for me, honestly, from like 2010 to 2015, or even even further than that, I would argue that DC Direct, DC Collectibles, they kept flipping flopping their name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was probably the best collectible manufacturer in the world. Certainly, like, they they knew their market, they knew their audience, mm-hmm. and they made high quality stuff at low low prices, which is all you can ask for from a retailer or yeah, from those, a manufacturer. Those Batman- those Batman the Animated Series figures. I mean, oh. I have a bunch of the DC um, Justice League ones back yes. here. They're just they're beautiful. Yeah. When uh, when we when we went out to Burbank uh, a couple of years ago now, um, when we left, they gave everybody a whole bunch of those Justice League figures. They were just like, mm-hmm. here, take three. And people were like trading. And I remember a couple of, <laughs> a couple of people that I knew uh, were like, I don't want these. And I'm like, I'll take them. So I have, them, yeah. Yeah, I have all <laughs> I have the whole Justice League suite plus Aquaman. Um, nice and i was like yeah, this is too. cool and then they went on sale like just recently like for for retail like for everyone else and i was like man and now it's done now i'm not i'm never gonna get that Azrael batman animated series figure we still might we still might because okay so there's so that's an interesting thing right yeah please i uh, another part of this massive layoff is that dc collections right. has basically been almost shuttered i know there's a couple employees still there working for it but the main vps were like let go yeah um that obviously we're not going to see any effect on that because the book market is so ahead of everything else that 2021 yeah 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 like towards the end of 2021 i like there you i can find amazon listings all the way then so I wonder if the toys are the same thing because you got to send those toys to comic book shops way ahead of time. I, yeah. I've already pre-ordered that animated Batman Azrael, so I <laughs> definitely don't want him to be gone. Yes. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. There's, well, but at the same time, if you look at what happened with Dark Horse losing the alien license, a lot of their stuff that was down the pipeline got just the rug pulled out from under it. I know the Predator uh, original right. script adaptation book, you know that book's done and now it's just, gone yeah i've seen though i've seen people have pictures of those figures so i hope that they're gonna still happen i hope so too i I think you're right i think when it comes to a book you know it's easier to pull as opposed to like a miniature piece of plastic that like we sent to china to have mass produce like i got warehouses full of these stupid batman what am i gonna do with them i'm gonna i'm gonna put them in i'm gonna leave them in the warehouse because what we shuttered our collectibles division no they'll they'll probably make a licensing deal with with diamond or uh you know anyone really hasbro yeah yeah i mean yeah it's interesting okay so i know we're, we're kind of just jumping we're kind all of around all the place, so we really should and we I, should I, focus on it yeah, yeah go ahead you lead us down the road okay. i guess well, where where should we start my friend let's, let's I, start. Again, oh well, I, I just want to yeah, we keep it. interrupting each other I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what this is we're you know so excited why it's well also because like this is just so shocking yes like this is just like what the hell just happened and it happened also Listen, Warner Brothers, um, you make a lot of cool stuff. I loved HBO's Watchmen. Right. I would I would love to write for many Warner Brothers television shows, <laughs> but you don't lay off people on a Monday. You lay off people on a Friday. <laughs> That's just simple office politics. Haven't, yes. you, haven't you ever seen Office Space? We prefer there's less likelihood of an incident. They let go of Didio on Friday. Yeah. Come on. You guys. Yeah, did- Give people the weekend. <laughs> you got to give people the weekend to at least process what they're doing. They, you, yeah. No, it, it's so I think before we even get into that, what we, what we should talk about is the fact that you have a comic book called Jupiter Jet that is uh, yes. <laughs> available. So uh, please sell it before we jump into this. 
Uh, so yes, uh, the second comic book in the Jupiter Jet series, which you don't even have to read the first one to be able to read the second one, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, co-written by myself and Ashley Victoria Robinson, is going to hit comic book shops on October 7th. If you have no idea what this is about, well, I'm about to tell you. It's about a 17-year-old girl who protects her planet in space. It's a science fiction all-ages adventure, and when the mysterious Black Flyer, that's her new antagonist, shows up, she suddenly finds out that... Uh, you're going to need more than a jetpack to save the day. Um, it's, um, you know, has a John Boy Myers cover, uh, has quotes from Ron Mars, stuff like that. Basically, it's our um, homage back to, I say, the Superman adventures and the Batman adventures back in the day, where it's like where anybody could read a comic book, because I don't believe that anybody can pick up, any eight-year-old can pick up Batman right now. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> actually enjoy it and not be scared away from the blood and the guts and uh, all the the sexy clowns that are all over there yeah um but uh in a fun fact uh, we just had the trailer just dropped on comic book resources today so if you want a little bit more of an in-depth pick uh yeah mark russell uh who's one of my favorite my, one of my favorite working comic book writers even enjoyed it as well so if any of that interests you it's up for pre-order right now go to your local comic book shop and tell them you want it that's right we should do actually do an episode about pre-orders because if you want any book to survive, not just Jupiter Jet, but also your favorite comic books, and you want to ensure their survival, any book will yeah. survive despite any amount of controversy or whatever if you have massive pre-orders. It's something that, it's like a secret in the comic book industry. Even uh, DC. Even DC. Yeah, even DC, even DC might <laughs> be okay yeah. if people pre-ordered their books. Uh, so call your local comic book store and ask them how you can pre-order today. Uh, actually, fact, Sal, if you wanted to, I would be happy to do a future Elseworlds on the secrets of making a comic book in the independent world, the current industry, that a lot of people, and I would say a lot of customers, have no idea exists. I think it's a fantastic idea, because the last time that I developed a book was probably almost 10 years ago, and I would love mm -hmm. to uh, get updated on what to do next. I think that a lot of our audience is also really interested in how to make a comic, mm -hmm. um, particularly because they know that the first comic they make won't be bad. Batman or Spider-Man. It'll be theirs. No. Um, yeah. And it should be, be Batman now. Oh no. Uh, no. <laughs> Batman's going to be uh Batman's going to be fine, but everything about around Batman will look a little differently than it did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh 10 years, or 5 years ago. So um yeah, I think when we starting with this whole thing. By the way, this is a podcast that's sponsored by viewers like you. If you want to help us out, you can always use super chats, make a question or comment, read it here on the show. We're going to leave those uh till later in the show because uh, I don't want to disrupt the momentum and because people are coming to this show for information and I want to give them the best possible information. Before we talk about like who would who would win in a fight Batman and Superman. So uh, what I think we should start with is what happened. You know, like what mm -hmm. let's let's untangle the web of shit that is out there and kind of figure out like what exactly are we talking about when we say massive layoffs at DC? Well, it appears that um, from the Hollywood Reporter article, and I don't have it up in front of me, so I'm just, you know, I'm just pulling this off the top sure. of my head, um, that a third of DC Comics was let go yesterday, was laid off. Yes. Uh, and this is, of course, a part of a larger Warner Brothers merger um, that I heard, um, you know, HBO employees, Warner Brothers employees. Um, but apparently the current editorial staff, from what we know, a, a majority of those people were let go, including names that have uh, that were confirmed in the Hollywood Reporter article are Mark Doyle, who was the lead editor of DC's Black Label. Yes. 
um andy Corey, who um led some of the wonder comic stuff and he also did some of the green arrow stuff like that during the day yeah uh bobby chase was like go who is one of the um who's instrumental in the dc talent initiative program i know for a while yep um it's been said that jim lee is no longer co-publisher but still with the company yes but that role has not been revealed no um apparently all the other departments lost people like uh, dc collections was responsible for trade paperbacks lost people i heard all of dc direct was laid off but i haven't heard all the confirmed names yet yep. um and then just a various i heard also this is a this is something that i think a lot of people should appreciate um assistance especially in a company like this are always the lifeblood of the company yep and apparently to all reports Every assistant in that building was let go yesterday. Oh my god! So if you were an assistant for anybody, you were you were immediately laid off. Right. Which so you know all they do is well, <laughs> they assist. They make it. They make yeah. it work. So no work is being done today at DC Warner's. One of the nicest people in all of comic books is uh, Jim Lee's assistant. Eddie Choi, who used to work back in the Wildstorm books, you say if I you know read, that name. <laughs> yes, if you if you have read a, a Wildstorm book during any part of your life, you have seen Eddie's choice. Eddie Choi's name in the comic books. He's one of the nicest dudes in all of comic books. He's Jim Lee's executive assistant. Wow. Um, he's pleasure to talk to, and I, and I like I'm I pretty certain he lost his job yesterday, and I I feel I I'm sorry for him. Yeah. Um. We also heard that apparently. Uh, Bob Harris may also be gone. Yes, Bob Harris, the the editor in chief of DC Comics. Yes, former editor in chief of Marvel and uh, somewhat mm -hmm. of a controversial figure. This is this is the only name I think around uh, that's been that's been listed where people were like, "It's a real tragedy," and also Bob Harris. Yes, yes. Well, um, uh, Bob Harris is uh, uh, was a very nice guy when I was there as well. Yes, um, but, he, I, he, but he, apparently he's a really personable fellow. A lot of people I always heard have been saying, I mean, I, a lot of people could say that you could say this about Marvel too for a long time. Totally. They, like you could, you, you could use a change in leadership at the very top for yeah. a, quite a while. And I also think comic book companies, I'm of the opinion that comic book companies, you should not, you should never keep an editor in chief longer than I think than eight years. I agree with that. You know, you should be like the president of the United States. You should constantly always have new blood coming in. Totally. Uh, just, well, I, I like that theory just in general because like leadership stagnates and uh, directions mm -hmm. change. And, you know, it's, it's the reason why living documents are better than, you know, being set in stone because like they can always be updated with the times. And, you yeah. know, if you're, if you're running a publishing house, particularly one that relies on digital initiatives or brand new markets um you don't want like a 67 87 year old man like working at the top like yes. it's just it's just not gonna you're not gonna get as many fresh ideas as you could if you were to have regular yeah. changeover now now the interesting thing about these layoffs are is that were these layoffs always coming because of the at&t merger right. which i think is probably true or were these sped up because of covid19 right now I don't know if we'll ever learn that answer because corporate stuff, you never find that out. Yeah. But there is an interesting couple of theories you can make out of this. Mm -hmm. um, just because we basically all know, most of us know how DC runs or you can figure out how DC runs because DC runs like every other company ever. Yeah. And when you, when you lose one third of your staff in a single day, you can probably predict that you will not be able to put out the same amount of output. Absolutely. 
it will be impossible yeah. to put out that same amount, you know, yeah. because the numbers aren't there. Just the people who move the pages to the yep. printers won't be there to move them. Even if they it's... had, even if the will was strong, the bodies aren't there. How will they be able to produce? And the fact is they're just, yeah. And, and that's, yeah. I've heard a couple of uh, voices out there mention that the production line at DC will be significantly curtailed as a result of this. Yeah, and I think I think we all kind of saw that coming with COVID nineteen and yeah. how the industry all shut down for two or three months. I, I think that's coming on the Marvel side as well. Mm. Um, I mean, I think three years from now, you walk into a local comic book shop. I mean, honestly, I don't think you're going to see as many as many monthly comics. I think, and and I I've been on this podcast before and said in the past that I've always that I've always felt that comic books should switch to the manga model, right? Where where it's like you just get you get the graphic novel once every six months. It has the same uh, artistic team yep. as the same print, same paper style. Um, and then you just know it's consistent, you right. know, whereas the monthly comic book, it's very inconsistent with art. It's very inconsistent when it comes out. It's, you know, it's damaged. It's yeah. bent. And no. it's a grind, not just for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the the retail side of it, but also for the creative side. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's there's deadlines and, and and output and quality control. And it's just like, you know, how many times have, uh, have, have the big two at least put out some kind of massive event and... Uh, there was a family emergency or just the, the 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 artist couldn't keep up with the workload and so we saw like switching roles and switching creative teams and so it changes the dynamic of the book itself whereas they probably didn't plan for it to change in the first place so the monthly model is i don't even want to call it antiquated because i i still believe in the monthly model at least in some part i don't know if i agree with you know dc and marvel putting out 50 books a month Mm -hmm. I, I, but I do think there I think there's room for the monthly model also because I think the monthly model will allow comic book retailers to still exist because I don't think comic book stores could survive on just putting out the, the six or seven graphic I, novels. So, okay, so, so that's something I hear a lot. I disagree with that. OK, I want to hear it. I think comic book retailers can survive without weekly comic books. One one. I also think weekly comic books aren't ever going to go away fully um i would actually if you know if i was in dc right now i would be like you know what even if we get rid of all of the monthly comic books there's two we always have to publish detective right. and action absolutely um those always have to be monthly comic books or mm -hmm. even if you move them to the magazine format of walmart but yeah. everybody thought when amazon um showed up and barnes and noble started taking like big chunks that independent bookstores would go away independent bookstores still exist that's true they're still nationwide yeah they have just boutiqued themselves and made themselves better and that's what i would say is that the comic book retailers that survive this are going to be the ones that do that mm. we've already seen the comic book store uh, and when I say that, I use capital letters because like mm. your average comic book store has not necessarily followed this model. But every comic book store across the board at some in some fashion or another, or another has altered their business practices and altered themselves to be a kind of boutique. They, yes. Even in the 90s, they were like, well, I guess we got to sell these magic cards. We got to sell these Pokemon cards. We got to sell different types of product for different types of clientele. We can't just cater to the comic book market anymore. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, yeah. And, and and particularly it's funny the comic book store has a unique whereas like the larger retail outlets that tried to boutique themselves have failed because they have mm -hmm. they, they have too much to deal with i'm talking i'm looking at you GameStop uh or or eb oh, oh yeah you know like the the comic book store has a unique opportunity to kind of boutique themselves the way that a GameStop or a bookstore just can't just can't because of their bottom line and because of the nature of their business
Mm-hmm. Well, I came up with that theory too because uh, one of my retailer friends who I, who still owns a comic book shop um, a couple of years ago told me that he makes more money off of trades and graphic novels than yes. he ever does off weekly comics because the weekly comics are the money that they use to pay off like two months down the road the yeah. road weekly comics where but the the graphic novels and the hardcovers and omnibuses are what actually brings in the profit. I understand that's also the case for the publishers themselves. <laughs> Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah. That, uh, that graphic novels. In fact, I think, uh, what was it? Stefan Sejic recently commented on one of our episodes where he was like, you got to talk about the graphic novel. That's the secret gold mine of the comic industry that nobody talks about. It's where the sweetest plum is, financially speaking. It and, is. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, be- it's because it's the same as the book market, right? It's like you put it out there with yep. the idea, if you're, in a, if you're in the modern book market, you release a book. Right. And the idea is that you're not hoping to make all your money back in a month, which <laughs> is what the monthly issue, and it's an insane model. Well, because it also it's, never works. It's unsustainable, but yes. But the book market, it's like you put it out there and you look at it yearly. Yeah. And the idea is that hopefully by the end of two years, you've made more money than it costs to print that book. Yeah. Although it's I don't, a long-term game. It's so scary. I'm, you know that, like, because the comic book industry has been the way it has been, I'd say, for at least 65 years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the to, and, and some of those people, not necessarily all of them, like, <laughs> are still in that industry and, like, understand it in that scope. And to tell them, you're going to have to change the way you're thinking of it. I know that you're thinking of it month to month. You're going to have to look at it year to year. It yeah. would... I think it would blow their freaking minds. And uh, and I think that's why you're seeing some significant change-ups. I think it's why we lost a Dio. I think it's why the Jim Lee is being moved into a more, like, figurehead role. I think it's because they're like, we we don't know how to sell comic books. Like, AT&T Warners, they're like, we just don't know how to sell comic books the way that mm-hmm. the comic book market is structured. And, and the sooner that we divorce ourselves of that market, I think the better, the more quickly we will see ourselves in the black. I don't think I agree with that sentiment. I think that's just what their mentality is. Cause I know that like, yeah. you've, you've said like that your theory is that this has kind of been a long time coming. This yes, is, this is the I writing's do. been on the wall. Yes. I think you could see the writing coming from again, as soon as that merger was approved, which was a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, it just took, it took a couple years for it to finalize. I also think you could see this coming with, dc kids and dc inc when they started doing those graphic novels straight to uh you know bookstores and which yeah. I, I i think actually that was a genius move because mm-hmm. that was a market that they were not tapping at two years ago yes. and now they're like huge in that market i think that was the first of can our characters be power players in that market and if they can which they have all those most of those books have sold very well yeah in the book market um, I think that was the test of like, all right, to Warner Brothers, okay, maybe the whole line needs to go that way. But I yeah. don't know. That's just me talking. I have no information. Sal, I would love to hear you. Well, what do you think? Well, we got we to talk about this, but yeah. uh, we got to talk about <laughs> DC fandom. But oh my God. Uh, oh boy. We will talk uh, about the fandom, I promise. Well, we, 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 well, we, again, we were talking about this off air where I was like, I think all the people that planned DC fandom have now been fired. Right. So, <laughs> Like, who's going to who's going to run the Zoom call? <laughs> well, it, you know, here's OK. Did you see um, you follow DC Comics, I assume, on I all the places? Indeed. Yeah. OK. So you saw yesterday they were doing all those TikToks, right? With like The Rock and Margot Robbie and cosplayers, right? Yes. Yes, I did. So I was laughing my ass off because 
I the, you could see the rumblings were happening on like Bleeding Cool and CBR and different sites that they're like, yeah. oh, there's some something going on at DC today. Something right. bloodbath. And then <laughs> I would see one of those articles where it was like it was like, you know, people are being people are being sacked left and right at DC, run for the hills. Yeah. And then it'd be like, here's Margot Robbie dancing with the cosplay. And then it's like <laughs> And then it was like, Jim Lee might be dead. And then it was like, <laughs> here's the rock is black Adam, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's, so like, he's, he's doing a Dougie. Like, no, there's it was so yeah, it was toned up. It was like the, yeah, exactly. Very toned up. <laughs> I mean, that being, I mean, you know, they, they're, they're like, we coordinated with the rock. We're not going to not show him janking, yeah. but like at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's funny. The, I think that in this particular case, with respect to the layoffs and everything like that. For me, mm-hmm. I feel like this is, and maybe it's just because it has happened so many times, but like the comic book industry is so reactionary. It's so like, yeah. like knee jerk and DC is very guilty of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel is more like a, well, hold on. We have enough money where we could just watch DC fail and then we'll see if they're going to screw up or not. You know, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, as, as I remember hearing it uh, when they moved from their uh from diamond to the two distributors who i assume are gone now like i assume the dc is like dropping that whole thing and, and oh, i don't think i don't think they're going back to diamond ever again i don't i mean i would have i wouldn't have said that they i wouldn't i would have said that they would until they pulled the uh collectibles from diamond then it was like mm-hmm. oh you're clearly you're clearly making a statement here um, yeah and I think that like the hires up at Warner's AT&T, the people who are who are controlling the future and interests of DC, I think that there's like almost like a deep <laughs> it's like a deep resentment of the comic book industry where they're like, mm-hmm. you do this business. I don't even understand it. Like, I don't even get it and I don't want to. And I just want to get away from it as soon as possible. It's why I'm hearing rumors that like the head of programming at the DC comic side might be an esports executive yeah do we want to do we want to bring up the rumor the rumor mill the rumor mill has been going has been firing the rumors are all over the place and yeah and and that's part of the reason why i chose a burning dc comics as a logo for this episode is because i was just like the rumors are going to be the things where dc's over disney should buy the ip like we don't know what's going to happen and i'm like okay well like slow your roll i don't think that it's the end of dc comics as a as a business i don't think you do either um, I do think that it is the end of DC Comics doing business as a comic book publisher. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Right? Like, I think I, I think it, they will. I think they will now be a more integrated part of Warner Brothers Interactive or whatever that overall umbrella. Because yeah. I will say, even when I worked there, it, there was still a very separate divide uh, yeah. between um, DC and Warner Brothers. And I say this because. Um, I got to go to the premiere of Justice League. Yeah. And the only reason I got to go to the premiere of Justice League was because of stuff through my own YouTube channel, not because I was on DC All Access. Right, they invited Zhao Wen, not the guy who works at DC Comics. Exactly, exactly. That's so, that, that, that is so disconnected. And it's, mm. it's actually, it feels very Marvel because that's what Marvel's yeah. kind of whole <laughs> modus operandi is where they're like, look at these great things. Do we have a photo of Robert Downey Jr. ever holding an Iron Man comic? Is there one at all? I don't know. I would posit there might not either. be. You know what? I'm going to Google this right now. Yeah, I'd like to see <laughs> that because I don't know if there even, if, if one even exists. 
and if it does, it was not one organized by Marvel Studios or Marvel Comics. Problem is, I wonder if it would be Photoshop. Right? I wonder it, if I could even to tell. Be, right? Um, but uh, I. I, I, I literally just Googled Robert Downey Jr. holding an Iron Man comic book. <laughs> and I see this is just the top images Google's given me. I see nothing. I right. see posters for Doolittle. I see him holding <laughs> Iron Man movie posters. Sure. Um, I've yet to see one of him holding a comic book. Yeah, yeah. But that's a fair point. And I think that the DC fandom was their way of showing you, like, we are going to be integrating our our, our IP yeah. with our things we give a shit about. Uh, and so you know, it's why you saw people being like, look at, like, Zack Snyder's name is near Mark Wade's name. Like, look at them, yes. like, making, like, breaking bread and merging the worlds. And it's like, on one hand, yeah, I, I, I think that's fantastic. And I, I appreciate it. But on the other, it's like, how many times have you seen a comic book movie and thought, so no one at the executive level understands how this, how this universe, this character, this anything works. Like the last thing I want, I think is full brand integration between the parent company and the comic book company. Because I think that like you saw the worst version of that when there was no integration whatsoever, when Marvel was like licensing out characters to any studio that will give them a dollar, you know, you saw any change that happened in the, in the movie, they reflected in the comics because they were like, maybe someone will buy one because it looks yeah. like the movie now with executives careers and kind of brand tied to their success of this IP development, they will need full brand integration. And so you won't see, you know, like deep cuts to like Denny O'Neill's run on Batman in a in a in a future installment of Batman because it's like nobody knows who the hell that is. Like, and I don't, I don't mean we don't know who that is. I mean like mm -hmm. an executive who 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 only ran esports for for five years has no idea who that is, and so he he or she assumes that like the world is reflected through their worldview, and they're like the people we're selling to or the people we want to be selling to don't care about the things that you're talking about. And you know, I'm, I'm very I, worried I, about I will, that. I will. I, I, and I think that is a fair worry, but I also will say that counterpoint to that, um, getting somebody um, with a different viewpoint in that role. Yes. Uh, especially esports as a, that is a growing industry. Now, I don't know why they chose esports, but I, I assume that's the reason why is because it just keeps growing and growing and growing. I, I honestly, not, I, I don't want to interrupt you. It's not just, a terrible idea, actually. It's I, really I, not a terrible idea. On paper, it doesn't, it's not a bad idea. I think, mm -hmm. I think the reason why they picked someone in esports, if it's true, is because someone older than them went, oh, that's, it's a kid's property. Put the kid's guy on it. Like they, this is mm. that level of like, I don't understand any of that world. And I don't want, don't bring this comic book shit to my desk. Like, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I, that's the impression as a comp, as a longtime comic book fan. Uh, and as, I mean, not to say you're not, you, you understand, but like yeah. there as, as a comic book fan who has seen what Hollywood's regard for comic book IP has overall mm -hmm. by and large, statistically speaking, yes, there are outliers, but for the most part, I fear corporate integration of comic books because I feel, I agree. Like, I, I feel I, like it's going to be the stewards aren't there. Like, as it turns out, Didio was a big champion of monthly comics. Mm -hmm. And the second that we lost Didio was the day we lost the, the, the relationship with Diamond. Now, that's a whole other ball of wax. But objectively speaking, it feels like the only thing that was stopping DC from dropping any real like 
future of monthly comics mm-hmm. was that steward. And Fair. without those stewards, you kind of like risk the you risk throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, I, I'm all for future. I'm all for progress. But I'm also a stickler for this physical media that's been around for 80 years. And, you know, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> Well, I will say that this as well, um, and this is a counterpoint because everybody everybody loves to be loyal after right. the person is dead. True. And by, and by this person is now DC Comics. Now, DC, I'm not saying DC Comics is dead, but the, but the company is DC Comics has, has just been knifed in the back. Right. And everybody now is coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, man, DC Comics, the greatest company in the world. <laughs> and you want to be like, um, one – Marvel sells more. Right. So not you obviously did not think it was the greatest company in the world because it didn't sell more comic books. <laughs> and two, um let's all admit uh right now um let's all admit right now that um DC wasn't perfect. Right. DC wasn't well, any wasn't anywhere close to perfect no. for the last Maybe five years. And that's not to say that Marvel is some saint that's doing everything right. Marvel has just as many problems. Right. And, but I don't think, and people are saying like, well, Marvel's next. I don't see that happening. I don't see the same shakeup at Marvel that I do at DC. And I think it's only because DC's been in a state of tumult for the last five years or more. And everything that they do is a, is a massive shakeup. And with Marvel, it's like, okay, so... At the heart of it for me, what this situation says is if you're a billion dollar conglomerate and you're trying to save money or you're trying to cut corners or you're trying to say, like, you know, you're you're trying to, like, boost your 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 bottom dollar. You don't make cuts in the comic book industry. That's not where the biggest fat can be cut. You know what I mean? And I think that Disney understands that, at least to some degree with Marvel, where they're like, Marvel is an IP generating factory. Let them do what they're going to do. It's so cost negligible. Let If they know their business, let them do their business. Don't, in, don't, don't the, the worst thing we could do is think we know better and muck with it. It makes it. it we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like we're, we're not talking, you know what I mean? We're not talking in the billions yeah, but, here. But, you're, but you are missing a big component of um business though mm. it doesn't matter that it's a hundred thousand dollars any fat is fat right it doesn't right. matter and also you also judge every part of your company based on how much is the return now that's another argument that i've heard yeah. the ip factory that i've heard yeah. about um uh, um you know like the same as like the monthly issues like i hear people bring that argument up and i and i and i don't think it's a valid argument anymore no. because um, you want to know why Disney doesn't need Marvel Comics as an IP factor anymore? Because there's Be- 80 years worth of stories. <laughs> because there's 80 years worth of stories that they can reprint infinitely. Yep. They've been doing they've been doing it for 80 years. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, two, um, go look at the MCU movies. Yeah, most what book are they adapting? <laughs> yeah, most of those successfully of all time so to disney to disney is like we just and it's it is more profitable than comic books has 
ever been in the entirety of the comic book industry. So to me, it's like, shut it down. Right. Uh, we don't need it anymore. But but I don't actually, and that's a good long, long room that like I, uh, I don't think that Marvel will do that. But no. um, I, you know, like they don't, these companies, these billion dollar companies do not need comic IP books. farms You're for right. comic books anymore. Well, they never, neither. DC's looking, IP farm, by the way, is the Arrowverse. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, looking at Warner's and their whole approach to their, to their IP farm. They've mm-hmm. never adapted, straight up adapted, any Batman comic ever. Like, Batman 89, Returns, Forever, and Robin, they all are either original stories, and by, sto- you know, I use stories in a loose yeah. sense, or in the terms of Batman and Robin, they pulled from the cartoon show. Mm-hmm. You know, they pulled the Mr. Freeze origin from the show, which they respect more because at least that's a visual televised medium you know you you could you could say all you want like oh batman begins dark knight dark knight is kind of like long halloween but it ain't long halloween Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's just kind of like i don't know it you're absolutely right and it's like a very it was something i was actually hesitant to bring up because i was like is that too cynical the idea that like warner's thinks they know but warner's disney they think they know better anyway no screenwriter who wants to have their name up on the screen is going to be like is going to want to share like the credit with any titan of the comic book industry you and, and when you look at like the comic book writers whose work has been adapted or used or in some way homaged they get a little credit at the very end of the movie and they're happy to get it and i've talked to like dan yeah. abnett you know, Ron Mars and people are like, I saw my name in the movie. And it's like, you should be, you, you're a Titan. <laughs> you should be excited. You should want more. You should have written that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I digress. It, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I would love to talk about a little bit of, mm-hmm. again, the crazy rumors that are kind of out there. Yeah. And a lot of these are very interesting and will change the comic book industry quite significantly if they are true yeah um one of them is is that they think uh the rumor out there is that some people think that this is leading to um dc is going to take all their monthly comic books for digital first right and then if we see them in a like pre-trade paperback day or phase yeah they'll be like the walmart 100 page dots and they'll be only in walmart's mm. And then, then you'll get the trade or the hardcover. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, based off of, you know, DC's MO, that actually doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility. No, it doesn't. Well, and, and I don't even necessarily think that's a good idea Mm-mm. right away based on the, the recent findings we saw just over the past couple of months where they compared digital versus physical and physical dwarfs digital yeah, sales and we does. assumed because they were keeping their numbers themselves that like digital was just a secret juggernaut and i would have assumed that too because of course although weirdly a fun fact yeah. uh our comic book jupiter jet sells better digitally than it does physically wow well it, yeah and i'll bet like, that we're, we're ahead on comicsology that's for some bad. reason <laughs> that's great well and you know what yeah. you know why i'll bet because it's an all ages book available Probably. on tablets and phones which is where yeah. all ages and what and, i.e kids go to get their medium no like how many times in every uh, you know what i'm actually gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna say in every instance where i have seen 
a parent or adult take their child into a comic book store mm-hmm. or into a comic book convention and introduce them to comic books, it is met with, at best, disinterest. <laughs> like, and I don't mean to say that children don't like comic books. Yeah. But the reverence and the love and the desire, the innate childlike wonder and desire to go into a comic shop is, I don't think, as strong as it had been because of the, the availability of immediate media and entertainment. Well, we live in a world based off of screens and looking at screens. So that makes that that makes total sense to me why kids would be like, oh, it's on a screen. It's cool now. Right. Or at the very least, it's familiar. Like the, mm-hmm. these children have like an, an instant sentimental nostalgic yeah. attachment to the medium from which they were born. Because while I understand that, like there's been studies about how it's like children probably shouldn't be having screens until they're like in their like until they're like five or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way that 90% of parents aren't just shoving screens in their faces pretty much from day one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course, like they, prob- me, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just, just that, um, just, you know, they probably have a very strong, uh, sentimental attachment to the screen versus anything else. What do you think, Sal? What do you think is the next two years of DC? Like, do you think these layoffs bring major changes? Yeah, I think so. I think they have to, mm-hmm. because you're, you're there's the only old name at DC is Jim Lee and yeah, or and Marie Javins as well. Oh, yes, was, that's true. Apparently, she did not get laid off. Interesting. And she, she's a great editor. Yeah, I've heard. Well, that. it makes sense. Why, but you know what? You want, I can I, I have a prediction of yeah, why please. I think they, they kept Marie because Marie was the original spearhead of the DC kids line. Oh. <laughs> and also Marie is the original editor of uh, probably the most successful DC comic book of the last five years, a little old book called Injustice. Oh, shit. That was her book. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, massive and, of course, direct media tie-in mm. to a massively well-selling game. You know, I think it was then, her. Yeah, I'm pretty certain Injustice was her and Jim Chadwick. Like they were the, the two editor spearheads of like, and from what I understand, they were the two. Jim Chadwick also an undersung name. I, I haven't, I don't, I haven't learned whether he is still around either mm-hmm. or not. Um, but um, they were the big dogs. I've always understood that they were the two that convinced DC to publish Injustice. Wow, that's funny because, and actually, that's that's funny because I was just thinking about how. Um, how much regard the comic book side, like the, the regular comic book people had mm-hmm. for the Injustice universe, given, if you recall, your opening page of Convergence, where yeah. the first and only universe to be destroyed was the Injustice one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. like, I mean, who cares? There has never stopped really, there's only been a couple of times where they've stopped publishing the Injustice digital comic book. It's like always been running since they started that first it, one. It just started up again. Yeah, yeah, it's but it, but it's because it, when you give it to Tom Taylor, it's great. That's right. So, <laughs> Which that's you why know. he should be writing Justice League, man. I've been saying that for years. He yeah. should be the one writing Justice League, right? If Marvel was smart, they'd call him up and be like, "Write Avengers for us." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hey, things look pretty shaky over there. You wanna you wanna come over here? Yeah. There are some there are some comments in the chat about people thinking that I'm a robot, and I don't know whether it's like oh. because my stream is freezing or you, what's you, going you, on. You glitched out a little bit ago, but uh, oh okay, all right, we're back. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, But uh, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, I saw a couple of other bleeding cool 
I, I, that's the place where all the rumors are going to be. So I'm going to, I'm going to name drop them, but leading cool let's is dropping go. a lot of rumors. Let's go. Let's, let's get, you know, so are there any more of them we haven't talked about? Yeah, There's one that's, that's particularly interesting. Uh, this is a rumor, not fact, uh, mm-hmm. exclusive creator contracts that cover the likes of Scott Snyder, Tom King and Brian Benners are being reviewed. I have a feeling they'll all go away. Yeah, of course. It, especially all go away. yeah i think so um and i think that like well because the rumors are you know rumors of 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 cost uh, i can imagine them being like if we're trying to cut costs how about we cut costs on one creator costing us uh, like tens of thousands of dollars per book like there's no way um, yeah which is scary when you think about it because i feel bad like I, yeah well um yeah but of course the likes of scott snyder dan abnett tom king brian Bennett, they don't they don't need exclusive creator contracts at this they point they don't they don't they really like um i mean all all of those guys could go to image oh, yeah create any book yep. and it would be the best-selling book of the i mean look at uh look at Tom Taylor's boom book that became the biggest boom book until I believe Al Ewing's boom book just became the biggest well, boom book. But not time. before Kieran Gillen's great big boom book or James Tyner, the force big boom. Yeah. Book. Yeah. It, so it, each one of them. Yeah. Like Tom, whenever Tom King decides to go to image, it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. And then also Marvel will scoop, scoop them up. So like, I guarantee you, like, it's funny. Um, I I've heard for like the last five years that like, um, scott snyder has marvel has been trying to scoop scott snyder up for a while now yeah um, I, I can see but that I also, but i also imagine at this point like any any of those gentlemen that have these exclusive contracts with dc um are also going to be very expensive oh totally so they're not going to take that marvel gig unless at a loss. um the, their money is there uh, but for me it's like yeah if you're marvel and you're not going out there and being like right avengers for us you're crazy or tom taylor and, and right avengers for us you're crazy right exactly um, if you don't call, this is just a fan thing, but like because of Marvel's acquisition of the Alien IP, um, mm-hmm. call Dan Abnett and get him to do the Alien book. Oh, interesting. He wrote the video game, and also he's Dan Abnett. <laughs> like he's excellent. Yeah. He understands. The I didn't universe. know he wrote the video game. That's really cool. Yeah, he wrote uh, Alien Isolation, the oh, one everyone likes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a good writer, man. A lot of he, people sleep on him. He's a good I writer. Know, he's so good, man. Mm-hmm. He actually he uh, he's doing the Rye book at Valiant and you know valiant but like it's it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's interesting man like i don't know like i i will say this dc two years from now is going to be significantly different completely um i'd like to know why I, how, how, in what way would you say i you know, I, it's all speculation we have no idea and i know i'm putting you on the spot to be like tell me what's going to happen two years from now <laughs> predict the future yeah. in this business model whereas if i could actually predict it i'd be the richest man in the pilot. <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> um you know what i'm gonna say this and this is being me being conservative i think i think two years from now yeah i think two years from now dc is only regularly publishing 10 monthly books i think you're right and I think everything else is either released. I think they're going to have some titles like that are only released to those Walmart books. Yep. I think they'll have some other titles that are only released digitally. And then I think everything else is collected in trade. Yeah. And it just goes straight to the book market. And then I think on top of that, they will also have their book markets. But I, I think in terms of monthly floppies that are like 20 pages that go to comic book shops, I think there's 10. I think you're right. I think that that will... I know that we've been pitching that. We we had pitched that idea like back when I think DC launched the new 52. We were like, you know what you should do? Not 52 books. <clears throat> you mm-hmm. should make them 10. 
and do like a seasonal thing on fan favorite characters and any other books should just go digital exclusive. You know, like if you, mm-hmm. you know, don't risk having to sell 50,000 units on an Animal Man book, just make Animal Man digital exclusive. And then when yeah. the arc is done, it comes out in, you know, in, as, a, as a hardcover and a trade. And because you saved money on physical print, you can actually make those, those hardcovers and trades a little nicer. Maybe you can actually save money and make the, 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 the trades a little cheaper, make them more available to people. Um, but, you know, the staples <laughs> become the only thing you get in physical copy. Well, it's funny thing. Like, I, I mean, I bet you feel this way, but me as a comic book fan, one of the... Th- the formats of this industry that I really miss is the four issue mini, especially from the big two. Yeah. And it was the four issue minis. There are a lot of golden four issue minis from Marvel and DC that are just so fantastic that have never been reprinted or never been talked about. But Mm. I always felt that modern comic book companies, four issues is not a risk. Right. And I always was like, you know what, you know what you should do DC or Marvel should always have a page on their website that's sort of like kickstarter where it's like all right here are the next four four issue minis we want to do uh here's the creative teams and you can read the first 10 pages of each one of these readers retailers here's your poll right the one with the most votes is the one we're going to publish next right um and then let the let your readers literally decide and worst case scenario say you put that out there into the retailers and it doesn't sell but that way you have a like do it like i've always heard i'd always heard that black label's original initiative Mm -hmm. was based off of mr miracle the idea that it was the idea that they wanted to have a trade for of a definitive run on each dc character that would have been such Um, a good idea (laughs) <laughs> and they kind of they kind of abandoned that. But this little idea that I talked about where you sort of like do this Kickstarter thing where you sell directly to the readers and retailers would allow you to get a hundred page trade on all these characters yeah. that don't have a definitive run. Yeah, that would be really cool. It actually reminds me a little bit of the uh, the Marvel uh, season one initiative. And, yeah. uh, you know, remember, they, I like that. it was a neat idea. Uh, it was mm-hmm. confusing because it's like, well, what what is this? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it ain't for you. It's for them. It's to get them to you in there. Like the, the Doctor Strange season one one is really good. And so is the Fantastic Four one. Yeah. The Spider-Man one was pretty good, too. Like, they're all pretty yeah. good. It's just like, but you could. And the thing is, there's other options like, you know, it, it's about what 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 your creative bullpen has, you know, like mm-hmm. who could have pitched to jeff Loeb and tim sale the color series no they had to mm-hmm. come up with that idea to get yeah. your definitive daredevil like daredevil yellow is a is such a excellent comic book the, all those the color series hulk gray spider and blue yeah. they're all and those are books that people point to when they're like i want to read i want to get into this character what should i read oh read this one mm-hmm. and because <clears throat> it, it doesn't just introduce you to the character it also encapsulates real history like the continuity of the character in a kind of like like in a in an ideal way you know mm-hmm. you, like spider-man blue idealizes the gwen stacy era of spider-man to the point where you're like maybe i'll go check out the gil kane era of spider-man like mm-hmm. and uh you know i want to i want to there sorry Sal, there there's oh, yeah. a there's a comment i want to i directly want to address relate to address uh man bear pig who i'm certain is very nice who has a a <laughs> very dated reference for uh, a username. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm no offense. No offense, Smith. No. Uh, they say they're not going to listen to fans. It's about their message, not what people want. Right. Um, I've heard again, that argument before. Yes. I, I hear that a lot from a certain group that I'm not going to name. No. 
um, you know, who are the dregs of the, you know, of the comic book society and like to harass innocent people. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, bear pig, I'm not saying you're that person at all. No offense is made. Um, but I hear that a lot. Um, and to me, that's a misunderstanding of the situation. Yes. Fans vote with dollars. That's what they listen to. You cannot just go to the internet, hop on Twitter, create a YouTube channel that has 100,000 people and expect them to give a damn. They don't care. Um, They don't care about my YouTube channel. They don't care about Sal's YouTube channel. They don't care about Benny's YouTube channel. They don't care about Comics Explained YouTube channel. They don't give a fuck about anybody's YouTube channel. They care. What are the sales on the books? Right. And if the fans want to be heard, they need to buy the books they care about, whether they're independent or Marvel or DC. That's what the companies listen to. Yeah. So that's they, they, like, but but there are lots of people online who like to be like, they're not listening to us, the fans. And it's like, well, you fans are not buying the books you give a damn about. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, and the fact is, like, if if and and if they're not providing the books that you want, mm-hmm. don't buy them. Exactly. And, and and a lot of on that particular side of it, some of them are like, well, then I'll make them myself, which is like so American Perfect. and so uh, entrepreneurial. Yeah. You know what? I don't begrudge you that decision. Go make the books it's you the re- want to see. Be the change the you reason, want to see. Yeah, it's the reason why we made Jupiter Jet because I was like, man, I miss. We were like, we missed the days of the 90s superhero comic books where like anybody could pick up a book, right? Uh, a kid or an adult, and it's and it's still an amazing read for them. Yeah. And that's why we made Jupiter Jet, because those comic books aren't being published by DC or Marvel anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what they listen to. And it's like, you know, it's it's one of these things of like, um, if you don't understand that, then you're you're missing such a huge part of the industry. Yeah, the, the 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 to assume that the comic book industry is defined by one or two elements is to mis misread the room, and and, mm-hmm. and you really have to understand that like any business or any industry, a business is a business, a company is a company, an industry is a beehive made up of. And countless yeah. facets and moving parts that all need to be considered. Uh, any you know, it's one funny. change, okay. I was going to say mm-hmm. any one change could make break or not really affect the overall trajectory of an industry. But when you have a quote unquote, perfect storm of DC being kind of like in a weird flux during a pandemic at the same time that a merger took place. Like all those mm-hmm. things combined allow us to be in this position right now where DC is in question and like, and, and is going in another direction, but any one of those changes, you know, and we saw them, you know, when DC was moved to Burbank, eh, mm-hmm. you know, like didn't change the monthly output of comics, didn't change the event structure of comic no, books, didn't. didn't change the distribution model at all. It's it's any it's it's one or two or six different changes that allow for the the kind of change or tumult or issues that you're that you're talking about. And so it's like to say, well, they have a they're pushing an agenda and so forth, and and as a result, you can't like this is this this and this is they're happening. No, first of all, mm-hmm. companies don't care. Like. No. The publishers don't care. They're not put like I would argue that most of the agendas people talking about are like really the ideologies of like one or two creators that were working on one or two books of their own. And it just it just was signal boosted because you're sensitive to that 
signal and you are responding to it because your your tunnel vision says this is the whole world as opposed yes. to being like this is one tiny facet of a tinier facet which is the comic book industry like it's not as a big niche as of a niche yeah it's yeah. a niche of a niche it ain't as big as you think and it ain't as diabolical as you imagine That's no all. no it's also it's also the thing too where it's just like one of these where it's like yeah if you vote for your dollar that's cool but yeah you are very correct that like if if all you pay attention to um are spider-man ps4 videos then to you (laughs) spider-man ps4 is still the largest video game in the world exactly even though there was that new awesome uh samurai video game that just came out that everybody's talking about Ghost of Tenny, um, Tenshimura or something like that. Tiffany's playing. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I, I I apologize, but like that's that's actually the big right now. But yeah. if all you if all you watch are YouTube videos about Spider-Man PS4, then it's still the biggest game ever. Yeah. And, and man, it's the most successful, and everybody's still buying it like crazy. And everyone's talking about it, and it's like, no, they're not. Like, <laughs> no, they're not. It has been kind of over for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, um, but 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 about the but about the layoffs. <laughs> um, oh, Ghost of Tsushima! Thank you, Tsushima, I could fight. But yeah, the yes, uh, I, but the future of DC, the future two years from now. Uh, your your theory was, or your 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 pitch was, fewer titles, yeah, reliance on digital and graphic novels slash like books. Yeah, that's I I think, man. Like, um, what do you what do you think? And I'll, also, to be honest with you, I would love to um, I would love to throw out another thing to you. Do we see any changes from Marvel because of this? You often do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly what would be Marvel's reaction, I guess. I honestly feel like Marvel won't do this. Like, I don't know why. There's just something in me that says, well, Disney does have more money so they can float Marvel for but, a longer but time. But Disney's also <laughs> Disney has four pillars that allow that where they're like, well, this is as long as one of these pillars is up with strong yeah. sports, movies, TV and uh, oh, and, and the parks. Oh, no one can go to or patronize any of those four pillars. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um which is why Disney is like, I think in the red for the first time in a long time, or at the very least, like they're they're they reported losses. Oh, just because everything's been shut down forever. Yeah, they they yeah. they lost millions, billions. Uh, they can't make movies. They can't put out movies. No one's seeing them. And uh, the only thing that's really working out is the is is the is the app. Um, and I, I feel like just because of the perfect storm of the the like, if there was no pandemic. I don't think you'd yeah. see this at DC, but also even if you did see this at DC, you wouldn't see this at Marvel. The fact that Disney is so heavily affected by this, by, by the current state of affairs, I feel like there's more of a likelihood that you will see it. I still don't think you will see it to this degree. I don't think that Disney would put out too big of a matzo ball like DC would do with the, with the fandom. Look at us. Oh, we also mm-hmm. fired everybody. So stop looking at us. Like Marvel's like, don't do that. Got it. Like, don't, don't put, don't put yourself out there too, too bad. Um, but at the same time, I feel like Disney already, like Marvel already has like so few editors and so few like creatives like marvel is in this weird position where it's like it feels like if you, if you have you ever looked at the glass door for marvel comics uh how do you mean uh there's a, there's a website called glass door you can take a look at like uh, no i don't it, yeah it's a I great about this. yeah glass door is this great website uh if you worked for a company you go to glass door and you talk about like what you what your experience was it's like a rating system 
And, oh, interesting. Uh, and so if you're a former employee, you can spill the tea on your company or talk like more candidly because there's no risk of reprisal. And oh, uh, my mind, Sal, I, I've not heard about yeah. this. So if you are a uh, if you're a if, if you're a, a prospective employee or you're, or you're you can go to Glassdoor and be like, let's see the real scoop on this company. What it's actually like. Yeah, it's it's it hasn't it's been manipulated now, but like because businesses mm. found out about it and we're like, well, I got to send plants to go write better reviews uh it's yelp for for businesses but yeah. uh but marvel's glass door was damning um, oh yeah and, and not in the way you might think not in the way where i'm talking about like there's only two editors and no one knows what's going on it's more like they took away all of our garbage cans at our cubicles and now there's only one big garbage can at the end of the hallway that we all have to walk to because no one wants to pay the custodial staff to remove more garbage cans like there's so much cost cutting and penny pinching and like loafing mm -hmm. and like I've seen pictures from within from Glassdoor. It's like there was like a sad, tattered, ripped comic book like retail poster on the wall of like a very like empty, stoic, like, you know, corporate building with no art. You know, it's a comic book publisher and they have no art on the walls. <laughs> yeah. The cubicles are old and rat like the, the cubicles look like they got all these like wall dividers at a garage sale. They they're all like they're already at the at the foundation at the at the at bedrock when it comes to mm -hmm. cost cutting at Marvel Comics. So for them to be like, we're gonna remove this this editor or this, it's like there's no one working here. <laughs> like there's yeah. there's already so much we've cut. Like the only thing you could do is just close the damn company. Um, at the at the very least, when we want to do all ages books, we'll have IDW publish those. Like they don't even publish those well, they books. Did, yeah. So I feel like I've heard that's yeah. another rumor I've heard about DC. Yeah. Is that there's that's another rumor that's out there is that they're thinking about the DC might start licensing. Um, licensing certain properties that they don't think is as valuable. And I don't think that's a terrible idea. Also, I'm saving my money up for uh, for Blue Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that that doesn't happen. I think it's it's funny. DC is made of such a disparate uh, like confederacy of characters yeah. that don't really work together anyway. Because they were all separate companies that were smashed together. Exactly. To break yeah. them up now would be so disheartening. It's like we finally, I think, almost figured out after like 50 years what DC looks like as a universe. And now yeah. we're going to break it all up again. Oh, like we still haven't figured out how to integrate Wildstorm into this damn universe. And you're going to start selling off characters. I, yeah. And they've I, tried three different ways. This is, we're, at, we're now in 10 years of a third different way to, to put Wildstorm in that universe. I, I figured out how to do it, by the way. Don't. Sure. Yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> it's, it was it. not made for that. Like Wildstorm yeah. is it's like trying to put Angela in the Marvel Universe. It just doesn't work yeah like we forgot about that right like i i remember i still i'll i'll t i will say this for me marvel like doing the big press event about angela and being like we got angela the <laughs> dc universe yeah and she's gonna change everything and then i i remember like all of fandom was just like so yeah who really no, and she's not even in any books right now she's no. not in, like I, I they thought that was going to be so huge and I was I like really like you wanted Angela <laughs> but you can't you can't say they didn't try because she mm -hmm. is she had she had witch hunter Angela she had uh Angela queen of hell she was wasn't she Angela's sister of Thor for a sister while? of Thor like she had her own books and she was playing key roles but not even not obnoxious front row it's not like in the middle of one of Marvel's like it's not in the middle of Civil War 2 uh, yeah. Angel's like, step aside. I've got the like there was no flagrant, desperate 
you know, pushing of this character. And I think I was like, that's really respectable because maybe you should have, because no one knows or cares about this character. Yeah. And no uh, one cares. And by oh, the way, boy. like, whatever, you know what? Like Todd, buy her back. That's what I say. I think she worked best in spawn. Todd should just buy her back. But I think at this point, um, if you have watched the excellent, uh, sci-fi wire documentary on Todd McFarland, uh, produced by Michael Vila, a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, it was great. Yep. I think Todd is the type of dude now that he's just is like, nope, I went down the Angela road. <laughs> no more. I think I, I he's Todd. And that's fine because he's making badass DC toys right now. He so sure it's fine. is. Uh, for now, I hope he keeps doing I'm it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, this is a you want to talk about future company stuff. I got yeah. a crazy prediction. Uh, there we will see a time when McFarlane makes Marvel Legends. <laughs> it will happen. It will happen. And I also think that Mr. McFarlane, uh, excellent, savvy businessman, uh, Tom McFarlane, yep. has his scope on Marvel Legends. I think you he think? is just, oh, yeah. I think he's just waiting. He's waiting to take that sniper shot. I, I think it was it's something he didn't even think about until he got the DC license, at least, where he's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I from, my, from, what, from what I have heard, the McFarlane DC toys have sold very well. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, they certainly well. are hard to get. Uh, every time I go to a retail outlet mm -hmm. and I go to look at them, it's always mm -hmm. the same damn Batman figure I didn't want to buy in the first place. Um, yeah, they look great. They do look great. I have, uh, mm -hmm. I have the Hellbat armor figure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody I mentioned the, that like, the the animated Superman. The Arrow figure is really good. Like, yeah. yeah. I want the. Uh, I should have gotten it when I first saw it, but the uh, the Jim Lee Superman figure is pretty cool. Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, because they give him like a little thing that would like um, Make that him makes fly. him flow, and he has a metallic S shield, which looks pretty cool. It does. Yeah. Um, I I also just just uh, this is a very much a tangent, but I dig the Hold Hasbro the figures. Yeah, I think Hasbro makes good figures. I do too. Um, I, dude, I have I have like Alpha Flight back here. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Marvel Legends right now is killing it. Like yeah. that Giant Sentinel, the Age of Apocalypse line, yep. all that stuff. I'm not saying that they're doing a terrible job, and I want them to rip. No, 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 no. Hasbro should keep it as long as they can. But yeah. like, just I guarantee you, because Todd went from Marvel to Image. Yeah. Todd is just sitting there because he's like, I'm going to make a Spider-Man figure. <laughs> and it's going to have so much spaghetti webbing. Yep. It's going to be so insane. much articulation. Um, honestly, um, I feel like Hasbro should have gotten the DC license. They would have made some killer toys. But uh, I'm yeah, glad. I agree. But I'm glad Todd got it because we got to see it. Like you can. The comic book industry, comic book speculation market of us is ripe with uh with with, mm -hmm. with videos where it's like i heard todd could have gotten the dc license god what we what could we have gotten no we live in that universe we get to see it yeah and they look dope um, yeah yeah i don't know but you know anyways uh i just want to thank everybody because like i know like it's hard talking about layoffs and it's hard talking about it is like the rumors of a comic book company like dc that you and i both really love yeah and and actually having to discuss what's it like if it goes completely away? Like that's right. not a very positive conversation. So like, you know, if this has had like sort of a slightly aggressive and, and downtrodden uh, tone, that's why everybody. And I want to thank you. you. Should we just hop into some super chats as I take control yeah, of the might show? As well, there's a ton. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's is do there it. Anything else? I don't know what else there is to say. Like, again, I'm oh. sorry everybody lost their job. We know DC is going to change yes. how it's going to change. Who knows? Right. Um, and it's, it is, it is very sad and tragic that so many people lost their jobs, um, as you said, uh, and we're in a weird place. Uh, D yeah. DC is in a, it's like DC's in a perpetual s state of flux. Um, yeah. 
I only hope that whoever like whoever gets to make these new decisions for DC thinks about the comics, like considers yeah. them because it and doesn't look at them with like disdain or with a you know with with a higher holier than thou attitude. Like you know, yes, you know, carry them into the next generation, but also like be be gentle. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier, but you were talking about, because we got in this where the rumors are out there that they're going to go for like an esports kind of person. Yeah. And um, I've always said for a long time that I kind of felt the, the next editor-in-chief of DC or the next publisher of DC should be somebody from Scholastic because mm. what a lot of comic fans don't realize, and again, this is again, the we were talking about the bubble view where yeah. if you only pay attention to this, if you only pay attention to like Newsarama or CBR or like the specific comic book websites or even comicbook.com, yeah. um, you only pay attention basically to the big two and image and boom. Right. But what people don't realize is that the most successful comic book creator right now is actually Randa Telgemeier, who's published only through Scholastic, and she is a millionaire. Right. And her books are always on the top number one of the New York Times. So to me, I would always be like, you know what? You need that scholastic person because obviously they can translate to a bigger market and that's what you need for DC. The thing about that and the reason why I think that's a fantastic idea is because then for the first time probably ever a book publishing company would have a book publisher in charge of it. Mhm. Mm like Yeah, fair. You you want to sell books? Get someone who sells books for a living mm -hmm. to run your book publishing company. Like that's, I think, the future, uh, or at the very least, that's the future I want to live in, where they know yeah. how to sell DC comic books. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, that's way better than asking some, like asking a former editor, or asking a writer, or asking a, a person in like the video game industry, or the esports industry, or the YouTube industry. Like, get someone who sells books, because yeah. at least then they'll be like, no, we need to treat our creators with respect. Like, they'll know how to like handle massage work because they also know as a book publisher that they're working in an artistic medium. They're not just, Fair. they're not just like, they're not in a cattle ranch squeezing out as much money as they can. Like they are sell, they're, they're selling art. And mm -hmm. that's like, that for me was one of the most exciting things about black label was like, we already, yes. we already know what our audience is. Let's make something unique, something beautiful and gory and horrific and, 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 you know, original that like belongs to you. And, and, and then they were like, Oh shit is Dick. Never mind. <laughs> like, and yeah. you should see well, that, that. That was also why I liked the DC kids. Cause it was the same kind of thing yeah. where it was like, let's tell stories about like their first book was Mara. Right. There's no Mara solo title in that. And so to me, I was like, Oh great. You're activating this character base that you have. You have a deep character bench. Yeah. Use those characters. Right. Exactly. Like if you want to, license these characters or you want to like use them as an ip form then do it or at the very least show them respect like show mm. that it matters and 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 give them the the the, the spotlight they need um, yeah <clears throat> so jumping into the super chats let's do it i'm uh, curious to see what these super chats are yeah meow nian says uh seeing what's happening now and knowing that we sort of know how much can we now read into didio's removal thanks always guys i think we can absolutely re like i think i th i honestly think now in this world Didio might not have actually been fired. Oh, uh, elaborate on that, please. I think that he that they told him that he was in a position of being fired. They told okay. him the the direction of DC, mm -hmm. and he said, "Then I want you. Then I then I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Like 
that he basically elected to leave slash was fired. Like it was more like mm. a, like a mutual decision where he's like, I don't want to be here when this happens. Like when what's happening now is happening. I don't want to be here when that happens. I don't want to be part that, of that layoff rollout. That's fair. It could, that could be very real. I have no idea either way. I don't no, know. You know, I don't know. We were going to um, have him on the show, but he, uh, he, he declined. Oh, okay. He, he actually agreed and then declined. Oh, okay. Well, he, you know, he is a busy, he's still a busy guy. The thing he is, is I, writing a comic book. I, I think that that's the thing. He's working on something right now and mm-hmm. he wants to promote it. So when he does, we'll, we'll probably have him back on. Yeah, get him on here, man. Dan's a great guy. He is. I've met him twice, and he's been such a friendly, pleasant yeah. person. It's very it, friendly. Yeah. Uh, Rab L, make the bloody logo merch happen. Will do. Yeah. I'm going to try yeah, my damnedest to get, get that done. Get Tiffany on that. I, yeah. will, I will buy that shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dark Knight Nation, uh, hope you're both doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank it's, you. It's a shame DC laid off Doyle. All of their editorial, of all their editorial, he's their most proven. DC needs editorial overhaul, but not this. Hmm. Uh, they still have a, they still have big dogs like Marie Javins, yep. Jim Chadwick, uh, uh, Jamie Rich is still a big dog. Mm. I mean, Jamie Rich is the guy responsible for Mr. Miracle and Sheriff of Babylon. Yep. Um, so um, they still have some power players there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad that I think was Mar- I was never Mark Joel because of Black Label, because and, I know Black Label was like his thing. That really sucks. And I think mm-hmm. that it may have been like I think Black Label is like to those in the charge of DC, they're black sheep where they're like, this is the thing that we are the most ashamed of. I agree. Well, again, when the first book is bat penis, I think, I think but I think that's yeah. bold and important and valuable. I, I hate that it became like this, this dick joke. Um, but at the same time, um, no, I, I hate that. You know, <laughs> you know why? Cause here, here's my thing. I hate the bat penis thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because and I'll tell you why. Because when I heard about that issue, I kind of was like, all right, interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can never show Batman's penis or Superman's penis or anything like that. Um, But is there a story reason for it? Yeah. And so then when I read the comic book, it was just the scene of him taking off his costume. And then here's the thing. They sold the book on like, oh, we're going to show you Batman's penis. And then it literally was a black shadow. And to me, I'm kind of like, all right. If you're creating something like Black Label, which is essentially like this is DC's HBO. This is right. where DC The Wire is going to exist and yeah. and a dead Breaking Bad, and, yeah. Oh yeah, we're going to get gritty and real. Mm-hmm. Um then lean into it. Yeah. Don't hide Batman's penis well, under shadow. I'll tell Do you this. the Dr. Manhattan thing. Right. The reason why they did that, blown. the reason they did the shadow was because they told them um I think that I think that I don't. I can't recall if it was the Bermejo gave them the option where he's like, it could be in shadow or not, depending on what your situation. And, and they and they went shadow. Well, no, they they didn't. Like there wasn't a shadow, oh. but there was gonna. There's uh, there's a lot of buck passing going on at the editorial level. People don't work okay. there anymore. But like from what I understand, Bermejo gave them the option of being like, you could show it or not. It's but it, you can color wise allow it to be like one way or the other depending on how bold you're feeling and in that sequence by the way when he is showing his dick like he he's like he's he's showing his like masculinity and his strong like he is being like nude he's like he's like presenting it's like this really like ah, anyway it's it's really important it's a beautiful sequence that then he's nude or he's he's naked in the next sequence uh because he's like cowering in fear and he's like, he's, he's like a baby. It's yeah, it's a beautiful book. Read it. Uh, watch our episode on it. It's great. But uh, anyways, anyways, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. saying. Like if you're, 
if yeah, if you're gonna go for that moment, own that. I, moment. I agree um, with you. And I think that I, is that is bring up another thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, that yeah. Is do we think Black Label's done? Yeah, I think it's over. I do. I think it's over too. Yep. Um, uh, Taylor Petcher says uh, Mark Doyle, Brian Cunningham, and Andy Curry were some of the strongest. Brian Cunningham. Voices. Yeah, we forgot to bring yeah. him up. Uh, yeah. Some of the strongest editorial voices at DC. It's a huge loss. Yes. You know, Marvel has a shortage of editors. <clears throat> just Is that uh, for real? Well, I'm just, it certainly seems that way. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, hey, know. You know, if I were Valiant, I'd call up all these editors. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to give a shout out. I think Stepan Sajic is in the chat. Oh, right shit. Now. Well, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, he is. Welcome, Stepan. Big fan, my I friend. I agree it was ridiculous. Thank you very much, man. Yes. Uh, by the way, Harleen is coming to the channel, I promise. Um, <laughs> beautiful book. It's a great looking book. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Stefan, can we have Ivy, please? Uh, AI Sidra <laughs> says, uh, or Al Sidra says, seriously, Warner Brothers, we just want a blue and gold buddy movie. Is that too much to ask? I think you're more yeah. likely to get a show than a movie. You know, I wouldn't, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they're leaning towards that as an animated series for HBO max totally. based on the success of Harley Quinn. Absolutely. Makes total yeah. sense. Um, yeah. By the way, get DeMatteis to write it. Uh, the blue and gold. Yeah. Oh, Keith, see, I would go Keith Giffen. We'll get both of them. Sure. Cause I was going to yeah, say yeah. DeMatteis is already on speed dial. Cause he, he's written a bunch of their animated properties. And of course he and Giffen oh. did super buddies. So That's yeah, fair. Yeah. by the way, call it super buddies. Um, so I don't know. Blue and gold is pretty good. Title, Blue and gold though, is friend. good. You know what? It's more branding. It works better. Um, yeah. Super comic fan, fanboy six sixteen. Don't know what this means for the creative direction, but this and other developments in distribution probably means DC is stopping production of physical single issues, and I couldn't be happier. Mm. I don't know if it necessarily. Well, we've talked about we we've we've kind we of know. yeah we don't know yeah yeah we've 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 talked about whether it does or doesn't. I don't think it's the death of the monthly comic, but I think you will see a significant reduction in books in a year and a half, and people are going to go, wait, what the hell? Well, again, this is it's 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 interesting because again, and I I forgot to bring this up during the main discussion. Stuff like this hasn't it's hasn't happened before. In seventy five or seventy six, there's the very famous DC implosion. Yes. Um, and you can go Google it's on Wikipedia, but I believe it was DC was publishing like 48 titles and then they halved it to 24. Yeah. Um, because of the recession, because of layoffs, because of various, you know, so I think we'll see something very similar to that. Like yeah. we are going to see a significantly reduced monthly comic book, um, release. I think that's probably healthy for the industry. I do too. Especially hey, when comic book shops are struggling right now. Yeah. And like maybe it would allow, I mean, I don't think it will because like I noticed that uh, image has kind of been flooding the market as well. Yes. And so it, with the, with the, with the receding of DC, I don't see image being like, Oh, that's a good idea. We're going to start. No, they're going to start overproducing. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully not. Um, Sam Nichols. What do you think about DC just having lesser selling characters do graphic novels and Batman and Superman weekly? Uh, you mentioned that, Jason. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I, think, I would be totally fine with that. I think that should be the the new Black Label initiative. Come call it something else because Black Label. I I'm I think it's dead. I think you're going to see Black too. Label books that are coming out, and I think that you got some mm -hmm. brilliant books. You got Harleen. You got Batman Damned. You got uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which is incredible. Daniel Warren Johnson, brilliant book. Sure. Um, you got a lot. The Question, incredible story. Um, great stuff out of that label. I think that it's just like. When new management comes in, they like to throw away everything that the last management did. And like, I think that that's part of Black Label is just like this. It was the first bad thing that they got. It was Pam Lippert's first day was the bat penis situation. 
Yes, it was. So yes, it was. I can imagine there being like a lot of resentment and, 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 and issues with that name and with that label. I could see them ditching that label entirely, but like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Do that. Like do a blue beetle, you know, not Tom King, please, but like a blue beetle at like Tom King esque book. I mean, you got, Batman universe my, my crazy pitch my yeah. crazy pitch man like say if I'm if I'm part of and I'm not if I'm part <laughs> of like the new regime at DC yes um I would make that initiative for smaller characters getting graphic novels or good runs I'd call it vertigo yeah yeah I'd bring that back because man as a DC as a DC fan it hurts me that there's not a vertigo it would it would show it would at least pay lip service to the idea that you're trying to make amends or fix what's going on here. Be a good idea. Yeah, that way, if you see that Vertigo label, you know, like you, and then you can rebring it because they, because I don't like that they now publish Watchmen as black label. Ugh. That's just like my comic, and I'm like, no. Watchmen never a Vertigo v- book either, but like for I, I hate that like all the Vertigo books now are. Are, are black labels i hate that anything is a black label all-star superman is a black label book yeah that's what? so weird right like come <laughs> on you know what if everything's a black label book nothing is um fair so uh thank you Mr. Incredible. I, <laughs> um and uh, grace and red shonen jump anthology model is awesome just saying that you were talking about the manga model and i think that's yes yeah i believe i i i do that's where that's where i first came up with that idea like i um my wife is very much into manga as well and a lot of my other friends are into manga and they always talk about they were like yeah you just gotta wait like you know six to seven months and you got a new book and it's like and it's awesome and it's good and it's like and you're just like i don't know that model works right yeah it does yeah. um let's see who else is left uh we got a bunch here but i'm trying to make it like work because when the chat repopulates, we have so many people talking in the chat. It's like, you gotta, that's good. You gotta refresh, which is fantastic. And I'm thrilled to see it. Yeah, here we go. Um, let's see. I gotta, oh, uh, Kane's world says, I find it interesting that a few days after announcing Warner brothers interactive, wasn't going to be sold off. DC publishing loses a third of its staff. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Oh, interesting. I never put that together. Me either. I did not either. Uh, um, that, that's probably uh, fair. I could absolutely say, see them going, well, yeah, well, one's profitable and the other one isn't. Why would we fire mm. anybody over there? Plus, like, you need like thousands of people to make those games. <laughs> um, yes. I actually, but no, they definitely, they're probably, I mean, they're probably connected. Like they're, yeah. they, they just probably was um, those layoffs happen first. Yeah. 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 Oh. Um. Taylor Petcher, even at, even since the AT&T merger and Pam Lifford's appointment as president of DC, who is also an AT&T executive, there seems to be massive consolidation at DC. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean, when, yes, there is. Uh, I, I'm actually, it's funny, we, we see this as like, I can't believe there's so much change. There's too much change at DC. Like, it's all happening so fast. I'm surprised that most of this stuff didn't happen all in like one week. Oh, how did I? Oh, interesting. You know, like so um, much of what's happened for the like for the last, you know, maybe the, like, I'm surprised that, you know, this didn't happen during the COVID outbreak or right before the COVID outbreak or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's surprising that like they just the they're rolling out with all this like a, like superficially looking bad news. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that um, if it was yeah. on the table that they didn't like do it all at once. Well, the I mean, here's a conspiracy theory, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy conspiracy theory. I have no knowledge either way, but I wonder if 
we talked about fandom several times yeah. are these people that were just laid off have they finished all the work they need to complete for fandom and so now they were like now we can lay them off because yes. fandom is basically going to run itself i think yes i think that's absolutely what happened like i i don't think it is not what happened officially because that is not confirmed by anyone i think that's exactly what happened i think they finished because you're like you're right the, a lot of the names of the people who were let go were, were organizing this thing in the first place so yeah i think they were like okay fandom's all set uh, let me tell you yeah one of the funniest in a schadenfreude kind of like sad way moments was this morning after having like you know gone to bed with all this crazy shit opening mm -hmm. up today's issue of dark knight's death metal 2 or 3 and the first Double page splash is a is advertising the fandom. <laughs> like literally, like I'm like, ah, oh, let's read some Batman, get over the fandom's happening. DC yeah. couldn't be better. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Again, it's gonna, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's gonna create some awkward moments during their event. It's yeah. going to. I think comments are gonna be disabled. Oh, a hundred percent. Hundred <laughs> yeah. uh, percent. Tardis Man eighty five Warner CEO. What the f is a Rogel Czar? Yeah, I mean, I've said that. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I made Rogel fun of that Czar. name. He's so yeah, stupid. Um, yep. Ike of Pike. Uh, in my opinion, this is the this is a great thing for the IP factory portion, as you now have a small team focused on making stories and characters instead of four Batman titles. That's a very uh, idealistic way to look at it. Yes. Yeah. I hope that, you're right. That's. That's the scenario if everything works out. But yeah. as we know in major corporations, that's not typically how it goes. Mm, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but I hope, but I want, I want you to be right. Uh, Dakari Garman, uh, happy to actually be in time for once. Wanted to give you uh, this last week, but work got in the way. Hope you both uh, slash your friends and family are all safe. Thank you very much, Dakari. Nice. We really appreciate it, man. Um, thanks for su supporting us. Uh, Josh Wallabaugh says, Lee can't be fired because of his contract. It's in the wildcats claws uh i gotta tell you man they're looking at these exclusive contracts for all kinds of people jim lee can absolutely be fired uh there's there's no way that wildstorm was valuable enough for jim lee to secure himself into an unfireable position in the company i do uh, believe jim lee yeah jim lee himself like there is Jim Lee, when you think about it, right? Think yeah. about the entirety of the comic book industry right now. Who would you say is the most famous person in the comic book industry right now? It might right. be Jim Lee. Yeah. Like, um, so I don't know, man. Like, I have a feeling that Jim Lee is safe, and he's a very nice gentleman, by the way, is 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 safe because of the prestige of Jim Lee. I agree with that. I would argue Jim Lee is safe because he's Jim Lee, but he's safe in any respect. Like if, G yeah. if DC dared, I mean, they are dem not demoting him, but I, uh, as the rumor has it, he will be no longer co-publisher, but he will be still chief creative officer. Um, yeah. Uh, By the but, way, he, he's, he's a millionaire several times over, so he doesn't need to work at DC if he doesn't he, want he to. He really doesn't, but wouldn't, how dope would it be? This is just, just objectively speaking, wouldn't sure. it be dope if, you know, um, Clearly, Hickman is going in a massive Secret Wars-esque event direction for his X-Men line. Mm -hmm. uh, what if Jim Lee drew it? <laughs> right? Um, I mean, like... <laughs> well, I think, I think that's very optimistic because, like, how many events did DC draw... How, how many events did Jim Lee draw for DC in his time as co-publisher? Oh, like, zero? Zero. But so. now he's not co... <laughs> if, if he were not co-publisher... Like, let's say that he, he left DC and all he had was his millions of dollars and his, and his clout. 
Yeah, I'll draw an event. I'll draw the last event I'll ever draw is the X-Men one. I would I would love for that to happen. I, I think the days of Jim Lee drawing being the main artist on an event is over. I think you're I think you're right, but I think that he still has the chops. Like especially mm-hmm. if he's like I think you could see covers. You oh, could see Marvel covers by Jim Lee, brand new ones, I think, in the future. I think I, that would happen. I would love to see that. Uh but I think mm-hmm. I think if, if they were like, oh, it's gonna be in a year, you know, like give him the Gary Frank uh you know, allotment of time and sure. uh, and you might get something out of it. I mean, sure. you know. Uh, uh, Philip Croy says uh, some cash for Jason's dashing haircut. Thank you. This is this is this is the no haircut. This is me uh, resurrected. That you I'm, got out of your Kryptonian birthing or uh, uh, healing matrix. I, I did. I, yes. I. This is my return of this is my return of Superman hair. Uh, this is me being like I'm not getting my haircut until uh, it's all the, over. until it's all over. <laughs> so I expect it to be down to here. Nice. You see, mm-hmm. you're lucky. Your your hair goes down. <laughs> mine goes it was, it was curled up. for a while it was curled yeah. for a while mine goes up it's <laughs> i i did it rock a very sporting mullet in high school for a little while oh uh, all right look at I you listen to you a lot of metallica back then throw out um, some pictures oh no uh steve Put corona. The pop, uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if i can find one I, I'll, I'll consider it steve corona <laughs> says late to the stream are there any underrated or underused creators at dc that were part of the layoffs i'd like to find a way to support them i don't think any uh, like there weren't any writers and artists who were laid off it's just the edit the editorial and, and executives who were laid off yes uh but you will but... see that <laughs> yeah i don't think we're going to find out that until maybe next month's solicitations yes um, um, when next month's solicitations, if we start seeing final issue, final issue, final issue, yeah. that's when we'll know who, which of the creators have been affected. But again, books are always like three to six months ahead yeah. of where we think they are. So like they've already planned most of the DC books for the rest of the year. Right. Um, what what I would, um, what I would suggest is, um, follow them on twitter because they'll let you know ahead of time yeah yes they will yeah go follow if you worried about anybody i would i would go follow them on twitter but um i don't know of anybody specifically so but we'll i think we'll find out oh yes uh hacksaw jim thuggin says do you guys think this alters immediate plans in particular metal 2 no no everything that was drawn was planned is rolling out no interruptions. Anything that was, I think the only interruption you'll see is if a book sold under twenty thousand copies, they'll probably cancel it sooner than later. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think anything that's under twenty twenty k, I think is Im- almost immediately it will be canceled in the next month's solicitations. Right. Uh, and I think the aftermath. I think it could change maybe the final couple pages of metal. Like they may whatever metal sets up next. Right. That could be the big change. Yeah. Or I mean, I could see Snyder being like, "No, I don't want to do that." <laughs> Fair, fair. Or, yeah, it could be just like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'm not changing anything. We already changed it before for, for, for 5G. We're, we're, be- we're good. Oh, um, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 5G was, was supposed to happen this year and then didn't happen. Nope. And I think Metal was going to mess, like, do something about it and then do I always thought Metal was going to set up 5G. I, I, heard, I heard conflicting reports. Uh, I heard that Metal was going to be Metal and, mm. um, and then they were asked slash encouraged to let to make metal set up 5g and there okay. was some conflict there uh but who knows it's all hearsay 
I'm with uh, just another monster in the chat who just in all caps was like, all of you buy JL Dark. And I agree. I yes, agree with that. please. <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah. Talk about voting for your dollars and you want the company to hear you. Then, yes, everybody, everybody call up your, your local shop right now and put JL Dark on your poll list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, Tiffany loves that book. And it's, it's every time she describes it, I'm like, that's dope. <laughs> it's a good book. Yeah. It's a good book. Uh, Lucha Dandy. Uh, what? would uh you know what would be a good story in the scholastic shelf bendis's batman universe or king superman story i agree yes. they're already been tested to be all ages because they were the walmart book they're also excellent i think it's yeah, a Batman idea. universe was really good loved it one of my favorite yeah. one of my one of my favorite batman books of like a long time yeah um uh, Dan, Dan it, Wesley. It, oh God. It might be the best thing Bendis. Sorry. It might, have, might be the best thing Bendis has written since he's been at DC easily. Yeah. No, yeah. no question. Mm -hmm. um, Dan Wesley says, just saying hi off to work in like five minutes. Uh, you're, Hello. you're long gone, but welcome to the re the replay, Dan. Thanks so much yes. for helping us out. Uh, Jam call X. Maybe I'm too early. How do you predict this affecting scouting and hiring talent and personal uh, and personnel as well as potential rehires? Uh, Ooh. That's a great question. Uh, Jason, what do you think? even on that side, or at the very least, you, you know how the industry works. Um, I think these layoffs will lead to them being what, like, kind of like what I said more about where do the dollars go? Yeah. I think to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a lot harder for independent creators to get into DC now. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you are going to have to be a proven commodity to get in there. And by that, I mean, either you're a proven commodity in the YA side, the pro side, the TV side, the movie side, like you've got to have something behind you. Yeah. That they that understand has, is a, is a yes. success. That's what I think it is. I, I don't think you're going to see um, somebody who I think is good, uh, but just the best I can pull out is I don't think you're going to see somebody like a Ram five. No, like have, yeah. Have, get get in based just off an image book right you're not gonna see like the, the new hotness from uh from from boom studios uh yeah. is coming to dc like they're like i don't know what that means <laughs> yeah it'll have to be like an image book that sells insane like great numbers like yeah. you know like yeah you'll have to or or a boom book that sells really good but um and that's sad because i think that's gonna also be more gatekeeping yeah. in the comic books of that you're gonna have less and less voices because you know if you can't sell a book yeah Duckade, uh, with the Marvel mania we've been in and the sentiment of it, if it gets a movie, we may get a book. How much has the DCCU done to damage creative plans? Um, I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like while uh, synergistically DC is much more, uh, you know, intertwined with the movies. Um, I think whatever they were going to do with the comics where they were going to do with the comics, it's just that like it would have been a happy coincidence to be like, oh, a movie that'll help our initiative. Although there wouldn't be a black label Harley Quinn and the birds of prey book without a movie called Harley Quinn and the birds of prey. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it'll affect it that much. Yeah. I mean, again, you, again, it's all numbers, right? Like yeah. they make, they make, they make more money off the movie than they do off the comic book. So they're yep. going to care about the movie. They're going to make more money off the TV show or the video game. They're going to care about that. I think it's going to be the same thing. It's like, it's the, it's the idea of like rocksteady just, you know, throughout that image of this sort of suicide squad video game that yes. is, that seems to be, you know, out there, I can guarantee you that there's going to be some sort of digital comic book that'll tie into that. Yeah, I think so too. And it'll, but, and God yeah. willing, it'll be written by Tom Taylor. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Uh, Marcus Phillips says, I made your death, death of DC logo and emailed it to you. Thank you. Um, All right. I can't accept it because it's not a work for hire and we can't make money uh, off of it. But, uh, but thank you very much, Marcus. I really appreciate it. Um, the Iceman 
And a whole bunch of numbers says, I think the reason we are seeing this is as an impact of the virus. The largest part of Warner Media are the movies, and this is causing huge ripples. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I said, uh, and like we've reiterated, it is a it is a uh, a complicated like assortment. Like the vi- without the virus alone did not cause this. Um, I think it also yeah. is in keeping with what DC was planning to do in the first place. I think it had a lot to do with the DC shakeups with the, the mm-hmm. new head of DC, the, 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 the acquisition from AT&T, uh, the, the, the success of the movies, like all of it is in some way connected. Uh, the virus didn't help. Together, yeah. yeah. The virus didn't help though. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the virus, and I think you and I talked about this like three or four months ago when yeah. it, for the first shutdown first happened. Um, look, comic books, like most industries are always sort of slightly broken Mm -hmm. and are always sort of slightly like a couple months away from completely shutting down. (laughs) Right. And I think the COVID shutdown and all this stuff like that just helped increase those problems. Yeah. Um, And this was the inevitable result. Right. Uh, And finally, Taylor Petcher says, do you think pop-up imprints like wonder comics and the upcoming Jeff Johns killing zone are dead now too? Uh, Yes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) At the very least killing zone will be dead um wonder comics may be folded into like a kind of like we said like when we were talking about doing um well if scholastic were to have worked with them uh or take over dc uh spinning wonder comics into a kind of like all ages scholastic title would have been a a good idea Mm -hmm. Um, yeah um yeah i think it's all i think to be honest with you if it hasn't been published it's it's done right yeah, if it's you know. if it's on yeah, if it's if it's being considered or if it's on the, you know, on the docket, no way. They're not going to Yeah, yeah. I, I think unless art has been drawn, it's it's done. And even then, it better be done. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I think I think every sort of future project I think is now subject to the new management coming in and sort of being like yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Right. Um, so, I heard not a, I heard we were thinking about this Mark Wade's name was on the DC fandom. Yes, it was. I was surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Mark Wade's uh, Doctor Strange book ended this past week prematurely. Oh, really? Yeah, it's over. Uh, Mark Wade's done on Doctor Strange. That book is over. Do- Mark Wade ran, was the editor in chief of Boom Studios. Mm-hmm. He's the editor in chief of Humanoids right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of Mark Wade maybe becoming uh, a, a, a senior editor or an editor in chief of DC Comics? Well, if you remember, there was it was confirmed by Mr. Mark Wade himself um, that before Dan DiDio took over that, or in the late '90s, I believe somewhere yes. in there. Yep. So like about four or five years before Dan DiDio took over as editor in chief, that he was offered that position. Yeah. And he turned it down. He did. Why? Uh, do you remember? Do you remember? I, 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 you know, I don't know. And, you know, who knows what his life was like or his job was like. My prediction is, is that like most people, he probably just wanted to write at that time and yeah. not edit. Because if you become editor in chief, you're really you're not supposed to write. You're supposed to just edit the titles. Admirals don't fly. Exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, um, so I wonder if that had to do with it. And I totally understand that idea. Um, I've heard the rumor a lot. And it, this wouldn't surprise me that um, that they might offer mark wade some of you know like the superman book or right. or the justice League book or like get him to come back because those were like some of his you like know titles that favorite. he that he really wanted to work on and then they you know and then the kerfuffle happened and mm-hmm. he bounced for marvel yeah 
I could see either one because Wade has proven himself to be a senior editor and an editor in chief mm -hmm. and like, and knows the business side. And we've proven that like the deal wrote that metal men book, you know, like you can, yeah. if he's like, I only write Superman and mm -hmm. I, and I, and I'm like the co-publisher, I'm publisher. I could see him doing that. You know, I think it's, um, I think, I think he's, they're going to announce some book. I think Mark Wade is probably writing something for DC and they're going to announce right. it is what, is what, what is why he's in the fandom stuff. Absolutely. Um, it's just, but it's, it, it's interesting in this right now. Um, Ike of Pike says Christos Gage for Suicide Squad game tie in comic. I don't know if that's a suggestion or if that's what's happening. I, because oh, Christos Gage, uh, I think, wrote the Spider Man PS4 comic. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he, remember, as we said, if, if all you do is watch YouTube, video game YouTube, Spider Man PS4, the biggest video game in the world. Yep, biggest and greatest thing ever. Um, by the oh, way, I love that game, it's my favorite game. Uh, Christian Black, uh, well, but uh, that game is awesome, by the way. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, Christian Black, what do you think will happen to Three Jokers? Absolutely nothing. It'll come out on time. It'll be done. It's done, I think. It's completely done. It's That's done. what I don't think. Any, I don't think. I think Jason Fabok said it's completely done. It is done, and it is coming so. out. Uh, and 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 I don't think anything afterwards will matter. I think it'll just it'll be a thing. It'll exist, and that'll be that. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I mean. To be honest with you, if Three Jokers had come out when it was first announced in 2016, I think then it would have had it would have been a huge impact. Yep. But now I think it'll come out and everybody will be like, "Oh, okay, that's good." Yeah. And then I'll move on. Right. Yeah. Well, and then it'll be collected in, in hardcover, yeah. and and then it'll get on some lists and it'll turn some heads over at Warner Brothers. <laughs> they'll be like, "Oh, yeah. that uh, that book sold pretty well." You know. Yeah. We should put that into a movie. <laughs> Three Jokers. Yeah. Well, one Joker made us a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Then they'll, they'll then they'll start pitching the the Joker crossover. They'll be like, they'll be like, can we get um, uh, Jack uh, Nicholson, Lito, Jack Nicholson, and Joaquin Phoenix with a CGI cameo from Heath Ledger in the we'll same get Heath movie? Heath Ledger's brother, like they did with Daniel with yeah. uh, with with, with, with Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul and Walker. It'll, yeah, we'll call it three Jokers, and it'll win us an Oscar and make a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice, yeah. Nice. Nice. Right, love it thank you but uh yeah man um ultimately that's where we are it you know uh, again one of the fun of talking about like new news is that it's fresh and everyone's excited about it one of the yeah. downsides of the new news is that uh we don't have all the reports and all the facts and all of the information and we don't have the fallout yet we can only speculate yep speculation 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 that being said i think everyone likes that so we're happy to do it and we're happy to be here and provide that um if you would like to continue the conversation uh we have a discord and uh it's a it's a basically an ongoing chat room and so i noticed the chat like really likes to talk to each other and keep that going so i'm going to throw a link nice. to it in the chat so you can continue the conversation and 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 continue many more conversations uh as we go but um from now before we go i wanted to mention again that uh you have jupiter jet uh, an incredible all ages comic that is available uh, or will be available in october jason let's take one more time sell this book uh, yeah, October 7th, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. It is a Ringo-nominated series, so hey. the uh, people that are inspired by Michael Ringo, who I think is one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, yep. uh, like their book. Jupiter Jet Volume 1, of course, is available everywhere. But Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, uh, it's a one-part Western, one-part science fiction, one-part adventure, all all ages. But not all ages where you talk down to adults. It's basically a 17-year-old girl with a jetpack uh, shooting robots with ray guns. And if that sounds great to you, then it, go pre-order it. At your local comic book shop or amazon or book list or wherever you find <laughs> fine comic books that's right uh yeah. otherwise uh where else can they find you 
Uh, you can find me basically everywhere on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. And also, um, we have a podcast that comes out every week, Geek History Lesson, where we teach you about a character or a construct, uh, a podcast that hosts actually Victoria Robinson. And the episode is Cassie Sandsmark, Wonder Girl, because uh, we were planning it for Wonder Woman 84, and then Wonder Woman 84 got delayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although she is, uh, I think she's in the deceased dead planet. So. Fair. Yeah. It's just not. Then it's sort of timely. Yeah. It's. Uh, but I, I will say this uh, you can go over to Comic Resources right now and watch the exclusive uh, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio trailer over there if you want some more information on that. That's right. CBR.com, um, baby. Maybe. CBR.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Plug in them. They don't need our help. But <laughs> They don't need our help. Actually, by the way, if you Google CBR, and I usually do this, it, I think it's some cortical blood registry is oh. actually the first hit. So, so comic resources, you need to work on your SEO. Uh, yeah, they all do. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You know what? I'm going to throw a link to that trailer reveal in the chat right now. You can click, you can check it out uh, right uh, as the show ends. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out and watching the show. We know that most of you are new, uh, but we do want to appreciate the people who have been there and are loyal and have been with us forever. But you new folk, if you like this video, it always helps us out to give us a like, subscribe to the channel, click the bell for notifications. We have two live shows every week. And of course, we have four different shows every week. So check us out if you want to talk about comics and have fun. Uh, that's what we do here. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot for hanging out. And a big special thank you to Jason for allowing us to have some some clout, some real conversation that because you because you know what's going on over there because you've been there at the very least. I did work there for three years. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, that's it. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. And we'll Thanks see you guys next me, week. Pal. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody.